This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Oak Road Hatter podcast. I'm here with just Jamie tonight, but the feeling is good. We're recording straight after our 2-1 victory over Stoke City today. Today we're going to go over our 2-0 victory at West Brom and then we'll go on to tonight's fixture, which has left us both smiling as we join the call. We'll also give a little look over to Saturday's clash with Derby County, but Jamie... First things first, we'll go to West Brom and um, we're both beaming away with smiles here. It's, it's a great feeling. It's, um, you know, a victory like tonight has left us um, both very, very happy. But we'll, we'll have to first of all speak about West Brom and again, another joyous occasion for us Luton fans. And I guess the first thing we should talk about is Alan Campbell. It was a, a very, very strong performance from him. I know you're a a big fan of his and he, he certainly delivered on Saturday, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if I've told you yet that I love him, right? I mean, he's just, what a player. Um, I mean, the, the, there's just a likeness to Kevin Nichols, and it's something that's been mentioned before, but just the way he just dominates a midfield and just commands the ball and never, never gives up. Um, just fantastic. He's the sort of midfielder that we've been missing probably ever since McCormack. And he's not he's not the same sort of midfielder. He's different in, in style slightly. But just the way he just grabs the game by the scruff of the neck. And we, I think we were saying saying this at the, start, at the start of the season when we were going in that tough run. We lacked that sort of player. And now Campbell's just coming into his own. And what a sign-in. I mean, if, if rumours are true and it was only about 250k or so, bargain. Absolute bargain. 100% and I've, I think I wrote down this week that 
when we first saw Campbell, we were quick to realise he's someone that we're going to like because of the desire he has, the relentlessness when pressing. But I think immediately, it's sort of the technical ability wasn't doubted because he's adapting to a new league, but it wasn't on show as it is now. And now he's adding, you know, final third involvements and he's becoming more of an influence up the pitch. We're starting to see a real, real top player at this level. Yeah, without a doubt. And it's, it's, it's tough for him in a sense because he's the sort of player that you surround with better technical players. He's the sort of player that you pair with a Jordan Clark because Jordan Clark technically is fantastic. And you, you put Campbell in there to press back high, win the ball, sling offload to Clark. But like Nathan was saying, he's um, he's now teaching Alan Campbell to, you know what, believe in yourself a little bit. And he like I think Nathan in his post-match on Saturday was like, before he was just too quick to give the ball away. Whereas now it's actually just believe in yourself and trust that you can be as good on the ball technically as a Jordan Clark, as a, as a Lansbury. And it's showing, I mean, he scored two fantastic goals now, home to Bournemouth, home to West Brom. And then he scored poacher finishes at, at Reading and there was, and there was one other. Um, and it's just, yeah, I mean, I think he's, it's what Nathan adds into a lot of these players' belief that, that you know what, you are good enough. And yeah, it's, um, yeah, he's he's a great player, and I'm I'm almost as concerned about losing him in the summer as Elijah. Yeah, and as you say, there's been a couple of bangers, couple of Berry-esque runs in in forms of, of running in and, and scoring some tap-ins. And I think one of the more impressive things from Saturday was that run from pretty much the edge of the area teeing up um, Jerome when he hit the post. And you know, I, I don't think at the start of the season we would have seen him as. Um, confident in his ball carrying abilities and you know he, he probably would have looked to the right and then tried to find James Breed but no he kept on going he's got that pace he's got that you know, desire to keep going forward and obviously confidence now in his ability so I'm really really excited to see what else he can he can do this season and I guess that's the tale of a, a fair few other players and I think looking purely at that West Brom game another player we do have to mention is Cameron Jerome played a massive role obviously netted his first league goal then and you know he scored again tonight he's on he's on a roll at the moment but we'll go back to West Brom first and you know it was a a proper centre forwards display from him um, holding the ball up in in terms of intelligent attacking movement as well and um, it's just it was great to see against a a normally very strong West Brom back line yeah without a doubt and uh, obviously early in the season he had his doubters and and I'll say I I was one of them but in hindsight, it was it was really harsh, you know. I mean, you can't expect someone to make thirty minute cameos and 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 expect to be as good as Elijah. It's just not going to happen. In in no sane world is that going to happen. That you expect a thirty five year old, okay, he's, he's experienced, but he's a thirty five year old who's playing in League One last year to do those little cameos and be as good as our star centre forward Adebayo. It's just not it's not going to happen. But I mean. I guess in 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 a weird way, we're we're thanking that Elijah was out for for sort of six 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 weeks or so, because without that, with Elijah being out, Cameron's been able to find a, a bit of a bit of sort of rhythm in his game, um, and and that's what he was saying in his post match again on Saturday that now he's had three, four, five or so games in the last seven or eight, he's starting to find his feet, and on Saturday it was fantastic um, tactically. Nathan was saying that, that he went with Jerome alongside Elijah because he felt that physically they were a, a better match for, for that West Brom back line and, and it worked fantastically. I mean, even in the first half, we, we, we weren't fantastic. We weren't at our fluid best, but 
you can you can still see the match up with, with Jerome and Elijah and, and, and they were just putting themselves about. And um yeah, I mean he, he deserved his goal and, and again tonight he deserved deserved a second goal, so I'm delighted for him. And we'll go back quickly to the first two polls from Saturday's game. The first one was targeting Campbell himself. And it was, what is his worth, do us Luton fans believe? And how it was voted, 27% went for under 4 million, 53% went for 4 to 8 million, with 20% going over 8 million. And, you know, the the figure you said was reported, 250 grand. And, you know, with the potential resale, as much as we don't want him to go and as much as we want him to continue his progression at Luton Town the fact that he's come into the championship setting Jones has progressed him that much already I think that speaks a lot again about our recruitment and what Nathan Jones can do for a player yeah and I guess with, with play, player values it's, it's a bit finger in the air stuff when you're sat this side of a football club as, as fans but I, I always ask myself at, at what value would I not be disappointed and I think around the five or six million mark is, is is where I'm at. I think ultimately, if it starts to be three or four million, I think you know what I'm I'm a bit upset with that. But when it, if it gets to five and six, I think that probably is about right. And to to, to in eight months to what what's that? That's twenty odd times his value. That's that's ridiculous. Um, same again with Elijah from two hundred k or so to someone that's easily ten million plus. You're looking at James Bury, got him on a free, e- easily a few million at least. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and it's the wonder that, that, that we need to follow. And I guess it, looking ahead to the summer just quickly, we, we, we can't be worried about having a selling club tag for a little bit. I think that selling clubs aren't necessarily a bad thing if you're doing it in the right way. Um, so, yeah, ultimately, if, if Campbell was to go for five, six million quid, we'd, we'd reinvest that. And I'm sure there's plenty of others out there that, that Jay and, and Phil and and, and the group are, are sort of looking at on their shortlist. That's definitely the positive part, the fact that we do have someone like Jay at the club who is consistently and constantly looking and searching and scanning the market. And, you know, players that we've picked up in the summer and how they've gone on to progress is just an excellent indication as to what could happen in the summer should you know, the worst happen and we do lose a fair few players. So having this sort of selling club tag, if that, if that's the way it goes, I guess is not a bad thing. No, no. I mean, uh, and Brentford did it for three or four years. They they jumped from um, pie went to Brighton, to, to Watkins, who's now at Villa, to Tony, who's now, now took them up. And Tony was the first one that they actually went out and spent about, what was it, five million or so for? So he, he was the first big, big signing for them in terms of actually going out and spending the money that, that, that they got. But until then, see, I, I don't know exact figures, but I would imagine Watkins was max a million quid, Morpai probably the same. And they, they were both sold for 15 million plus, I think. Um, and it's just the way it's it's just it's just the way it's got to be. And ultimately, it, this summer with Elijah, it's it's going to change the game for us. And I'm not saying that we're going to go out and spend 15 million for that we get on one player, but we're going to spend it wisely. We're going to double half a million here and there on players that we really believe in. And we'll move on to the second poll because I guess it does target the, the two players that we've spoken about already. We wanted to know from people on social media who out of the three summer signings that starred 
in the victory over West Brom was your favourite on the day. And I guess it's quite difficult because all three put in a very, very good performance. I think it was Campbell just, you know, was an extra gear. He, he proved with his goal, with his, you know, general play that he was just a, a little bit better than the rest. And I think the fact that he won 86% of the votes is more of a reflection on how good he was as opposed to, you know, yeah. the other other two weren't anywhere near the level. I think um, Amari Bell particularly, he only got 3% of the votes, but I was really, really impressed with him. And again tonight, um, I'm, I'm sure we'll speak a little bit more about him. But Amari Bell, I think when he first came to the club, I I enjoyed his performance going forward, but I did have a couple of reservations of regarding his defensive work. But, you know, in recent weeks, he's, he's really seemed to up a gear in terms of his defensive work, in my opinion. I don't know if you're you're thinking along the same. Yeah, defensively fantastic. I mean, he, I, I'm not sure he's, a, he's, a, he's as fluid as, as Brie on the right going forward, but in terms of defensively, he rarely puts a foot wrong. He, he might make a, a mistake or two here, here or there, but I mean, in terms of defensively, when you've got someone like Cal Nathan on the left centre half, who who is a lot of your playmaking in the team, the way he distributes the ball, he, he's a big part of, of that. You need someone alongside him to to, to to be defensively sound, to allow him to go on on those those runs forward. Whereas Bree is a bit different, where you've got Burke or Lockyer behind who are more defensive minded. So you Bree's allowed to roam forward. Um, but yeah, defensively, Bell is is great i mean yeah again tonight obviously we'll, we'll come on to it but i think campbell was that was was down there uh one time then they brought on brown and they very rarely got 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 past both him and and may smith um so yeah it's brilliant and we'll have to speak a little bit about west brom and you know we're speaking about a victory here against a club that were competing in the Premier League last season and, and scoring lots of goals as well. They went down scoring 35, which I think was the, the most out of the, the um, teams that eventually got relegated. And, you know, looking at their squad as well, Callum Robinson, Grady Dian Garner, uh, then looking defensively, Darnell Furlong and Connor Townsend, Semi Ajayi, Sam Johnston. I, I think it's been a little bit lost in translation that we beat a club full of, you know, these talented, talented players. I know at the moment things are not going right at West Brom, but it feels crazy to say that we have gone there and, and well, not gone there, sorry. We have we have turned up at Kenworth Road and we've completely outplayed them. I know the first half was a little bit, um, could go either way, but the second half we, we really upped the ante and we were deserved winners and we, we completely outplayed a side that have got all these talented players. And I think, you know, a huge credit has to go again to the way that we view these games now we, we view these games as you know we feel that we are better than these clubs and it's translating into our performances yeah for sure I mean the first half just quickly I mean we, we were lucky I think we, we, we couldn't have been upset to, to go in and go down at least in that in that first half but we we, we rode that wave and came out in the second half we were a di- different side and we apart from the, the Andy Cavill head off the bar we, we didn't give him a sniff um, and, and and let's not forget, like you said, the players that they've got, Robinson, Carlin Grant for, for Huddersfield was fantastic in in this league. You've got great uh, Dean uh, Garner, who in our first season came to Kenworth Road and lit the place alight. Like he was, he was fantastic. But okay, we'll beat you and he got, what, half an hour or so, but didn't get a sniff. So, yeah, I mean, okay, things aren't great at West Brom at the minute, but it just shows how far we've come that 
I went into the weekend not not expecting to win, but really confident that you know what, if, if we can just play our game, we will win, and that's the difference now. Before it was a case of okay, we've got to be at our best, but we need to hope that these teams are a little bit off it, and then maybe we'll get something. But now, no matter what, a Luton Town at their best can beat anyone in this league, even Fulham away. If if, if Luton Town are, are on are on their A game at Fulham, we will go there with every belief that we can get something. And that's crazy to think. Because um, even away from away from budgets, it's just a case of the setup that they've got and the, the players that, that they bring through, through, an, through an academy. I mean, Fulham have got Carvalho from their academy. That's ridiculous. Like, whereas we've not got those, we've not got that, that level of academy at the minute. Um, so to be on on a sort of a level playing ground, obviously we're not not quite with Fulham, but with other sides like US Broms and Sheffield United, who who's got Miniman uh, and Dive from their academy, who's a great number ten. We, we're not we're not on that level structurally as a club, but recruitment wise and coaching wise, and obviously credit goes to everyone, but also Nathan Jones, especially Nathan Jones. It's just um, yeah, it's it, it's a really really exciting time. Hundred percent, and us Luton fans, uh, as much as we do want to go up, I think that added incentive has to be Pelly Ruddock playing in all five divisions in the Luton shirt. And again, it was a really, really strong performance from him, and that was what our third poll targeted. And we asked, "Is this the best spell that we've seen from Pelly Ruddock in his time at Luton?" And seventy-eight percent went with definitely. And 22% went with no. And I guess with Pelly Ruddock, he, he sometimes takes... He, I think every time we've up to division, he's taken a while to adapt to the new challenges. But once he's, you know, fully cemented and once he's fully gets himself involved and, you know, the, the confidence is there, then he can, you know, he can dictate games sometimes and he can put in those performances that, that make you think, how did we get this player when we were... A national league club it's just incredible really yeah and, and, and nathan said quite a while ago that physically Peddy Ruddick is a premier league player like in terms of the, the, the way he looks after himself and, and and the way he can carry a ball the way he can be in a tussle full of ball and, and win it physically he, he's premier league and okay he might make the odd mistake at times but who, who doesn't in this league i mean you looked at stoke tonight and you've got ex-Premier League Joe Allen who's passing at five yards and, uh, uh, and it goes astray so it just shows that it's not just Paddy Ruddock that, that's, that's doing this um, and in terms of the poll question absolutely he's um, obviously it, um, it, it's a bit concerning why he wasn't in, in the side tonight hopefully it was just him being rested and, and, and not not injured um, but outside of that to, to, to play 90 after 90 after 90 I think today was the first minutes that he, he didn't play in the, in the league this season I think um, which again, in, in in its own right, is unbelievable to be able to put out ninety minutes after ninety minutes because it's not just starting and playing for a bit. He he, he, he never comes off. He, he plays the full ninety minutes week in week out, um, and yeah, that 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 goes under the radar a lot. Be interesting to see there when you were saying about um, Pelly Ruddock being a, a physically ready for the Premier League. It'd be interesting to you know one day sit down on one of these podcasts and, and go through the squad and see which players we could generally see emerge as a, a, a player that can play at Premier League level, I guess. 
it's constantly evolving because you know we're continuing to improve as a side and um yeah but i think that would be one one day just sit down and, and just look at the squad and see which ones we we generally feel could make the step up to the premier league because you know it's gonna it's gonna happen <laughs> Um, we'll go on to the Stoke game now and I think we'll, we'll start with team news because there was a lot of confusion within the group chat at the start about how we would set up and um, to be fair to you Jamie you, you hit the nail on the head you got it spot on when you when you sent in after the team news was announced you, you pretty much got it straight away having Hilton just behind the, the, the striking two of Adebayo and Cornick but Again, it's a little bit of a strange lineup when when thinking about it, but ultimately it, it worked in the fact that Osho was there to sweep up things and you know keep things tidy in the midfield and and not allow you know players like Nick Powell and, and Joe Allen to influence the game too much. And as I said, it ultimately worked. Yeah, in the first half it wasn't great, but that wasn't just us; it was both sides. Both sides were very sloppy on the ball, um, but in terms of Second half tactically, you saw you saw why, um, and in in terms of the reason why I, I thought uh, Hilton would be in the ten because I I, I did remember uh, Nathan playing Jerome there a bit early in the season behind Eli and Cornick. So I guess the, the the only thing I could think of is it's in terms of directness, height. Obviously, Hilton's, Hilton's not the tallest, but he can do a target man s sort of role. Um, so it's just all about in the press putting under their defensive midfielder and something half under pressure. Then also when you're on the ball, allowing Locks and, and Naismith find you and, and, and go long to you. Um so tactically you can you can un, you can understand it. Obviously it, at the time it was a bit strange, but yeah, it worked it worked tonight. Two two one winners and we finally won at Stoke. Yeah, as you say, eleven games against the Potters. Um we hadn't recorded a victory and you know, recent times as well since returning to the returning as a championship club, games against Stoke haven't been very rewarding. And you know, add the extra incentive that that Nathan Jones was manager there, and you know he was getting he was getting all the stick tonight. But ultimately, we did what they did to us um, at our place. They took forever with throw-ins, and you know, I, I remember coming to get away from the game really frustrated with. That the the fact that they were taking so long with, with throw-ins and, and set pieces and everything, but we we sort of retaliated in that way. But at the same time, don't take that away from the performance, the second half performance particularly, because it was very very professional, and we were on top for pretty much the entire uh, entire half, apart from switching off right at the end to to allow Lewis Baker to go in a beauty from just outside the area. Yeah, and it could quite easily have been three or four. Elijah was through twice and missed both. I think the first was was a good save. Okay, you could argue he should have scored that. The second one, yeah, I mean, you might say you should put put it away at the end, but he does so much work to to get into that position. You can't really put him down after that. So yeah, as you say, second half we were fantastic, and and we it should have been three or four. Um, then when Lewis Baker scores, you think, oh no, Luton, not again. You think, oh, here we are in the 92nd minute with, with, with five to play and, and it's going to be 2-2. Two, two. But we're starting to learn the dark arts now and we all hate it. We, we, we all moaned at, at your Wickhams and, and your Ackingtons when they came to the Kenny back, back in the league one days. But ultimately, it's, it's, it's part of the game and 
if if you don't slow the game down, then teams will find a rhythm. And um, I think that that's what we did tonight to Stoke is that when we got in the lead, we we slowed the game down and we just didn't let Stoke find the rhythm in the game. Um, so overall, from everything from tactically through to individuals through to game management, that second half was was almost perfect. And it's crazy now because I think when just before Lewis Baker scored, I was looking at everything and, you know, we were 2 new up. QPR, I think, were 1-0 at that point and Sheffield United were still 0-0. Huddersfield were 1-0. And you were thinking, there's actually, there's a genuine possibility and everything's lining up for us to, you know, continue the surge up. And then Baker scores. I think Huddersfield go 2-1 up, QPR go 2-1 up and um, Sheffield United go 1-0. And you're just, you're thinking, they can't, can they? Stoke can't score another one, surely. And... But, but again, it, it sort of, how amazing is it that us as, as Luton fans are keeping an eye on third place in the championship table this late on in the season? It's, it's just incredible. It's just, you know, it, it signals how much we have progressed and going to a place like Stoke and getting all three points and deserving to come away with all three points is just another significant step in, in our continued development. Yeah, and I look at the table, we're now seven points clear of them we're seven points clear of Stoke and um, can we just talk about Nathan for a minute and Stoke I mean I'm, I'm, del- I'm, I'm delighted for him like for, for ages since he left Stoke have always been about our Nathan shit he's, he's, he's a shit manager Martin O'Neill's great and and now we, we won tonight they're all in the comments saying Martin O'Neill out um or Michael O'Neill, wherever it is. Um, it, yeah, it, I'm, I'm delighted that, if I'm delighted for Nathan, that he's gone to Stoke and got the three points. Obviously, I'm delighted for, for the football club that we've got the three points, but he he, he deserves that tonight. Uh, and and uh, it, was, it was tame in his celebration, shall we say. I, I thought he, he would have gone a bit, a, bit, a bit more mental, but he probably knew what he was doing. Um, so, yeah, in, term, in terms of where, where we are, we're seven points ahead of Stoke. We're... Now up to five points clear of West Brom with, with two points off six for Sheffield United. Um, we're even only seven points off second. So, OK, Bournemouth have two games in hand, but to be seven points off Bournemouth with well, after 32 games played is just phenomenal. Brilliant achievement so far. And looking at Stoke as well, the big injury boosts as well with Josh Madgett being deemed fit enough to play Nick Powell coming back in as well. It always seems that he, he finds fitness just in time for our games. And um, I think Ben Walmart as well was another name that, that was a doubt and, of course, was OK to play against Luton. So a, a team that done some very good January business. And uh, I think, again, that just adds to to how excellent of a night it was for us. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, if 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 you look look through through their their, their side in goal, they've got Bursic, who's one of the probably most highly rated young English goalkeepers at the minute. He's he's currently in in the under twenty ones at England, so he's he's very very highly rated. Through to Howard Bellis, who is City's big prospect at centre half, who was at Blackburn on loan last season, that now gone to Stoke. You got Ben Walmart, who obviously we, we all know where he's come from. He, he went he went to Lowe's lot and. And then got a move to Stoke for a few million quid. You've got Joe Allen, who's pretty much before his relegation to to the Championship was in the Premier League for years, like 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 in a row. 
then all the way through to you've got Jacob Brown, who, who was from Barnsley for a few million quid. You've got Josh Madger, who obviously we met when he was at Sunderland and lit league one alight. He's now he went off he went off to Bordeaux, didn't quite work out. Fulham, I think, got got him on loan for a little bit. So if if, if Fulham were after him, it shows that he's actually a, a decent player. That now he's at Stoke. So through through their eleven, they've got a lot of ex, they've got a lot of exciting players through their eleven. So to to, to to go away to them and and deserve the win is 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 fantastic. And we'll go on to the polls now. We usually do this and we try and integrate them in, but we'll do them as you know, we'll embed them in this time as its own little section. And I'll, I'll come to you first. I'll I'll ask the questions. I I take it you haven't seen them um in the last few minutes have you the, the results no i've not no no okay so tonight's man of the match cornick hilton brie or campbell where would your money go for me harry cornick hands down uh the, the work that he that he did for the first goal the the work that he did before the goal to to square it to alan campbell didn't quite come off the ball carrying ability after the first goal to to break the lines and and find Elijah for, for that first one on one, I thought Harry Cornick was back to pre injury Harry Cornick. I thought he was fantastic. He got twenty seven percent of the votes shared with James Bree, but the overall wow. winner with thirty eight percent was Super Danny Hilton, and I guess we'll have to talk about yeah. him. And I guess when he does come into the side, there's a little bit of we all love Danny Hilton, first and foremost. We we love him as a player. We love him as a person. But there's always that little bit like, hmm, I guess when he comes into the side. But he does a job and he has done a job this season, particularly when he has come into the side. And I guess it's a, a little bit similar to when uh, Nathan Jones spoke about Glenn Ray. When he needs someone he trusts, he, he brings in players like Danny Hilton and, and he sort of fits that mould, I guess. Um, first of all, absolutely, yeah, I, I do love him. It, I mean, Danny Hilton, no, no Luton player can't can't not love Danny Hilton. Um, although I, I would disagree to an extent, I, I think before the first goal he was a bit poor. I think his, his touches, um, he, he, let, he killed the flow a little bit. He, 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 like he was great to to win to win the ball back the way he did, but then you've not, then you've then got to do something with it. There's no point winning it back. And, and then losing it again, um, but then he scored the first goal, fantastic finish. Um, and after that, he he was better. So to, to an extent, you question confidence. Is that is that part of it? Um, but you know what? Regardless of what I said before in terms of the first half, I don't care. It's Danny Hilton. Like, like I said, I love him. And there was a lot of talk at the start of the season. Like, oh, was that two-year contract? Was was that a bit too much? I mean, you can't really sort of you can't really stay in sort of the whole romance of football. You've got to move on at times. And I'm like, yeah, you do. But at the same time, what Danny Hilton has done for the football club, he's deserved us sticking by him. And he will almost definitely go in the summer. He'll go with my best wishes. Um, and I'm just delighted for him that he's now got two championship goals. It's just fantastic. It definitely is. And, you know, with Danny Hilton as well, where he's come from with us and when he when he's in the team I think sometimes he, he's half a yard off the pace in terms of when in terms of our build-up play sometimes he, he's not on the same wavelength as, as us going forward but it seemed that that goal 
really perked him up and as we say it might just be confidence but he seemed to up at a level and he was so much more influential holding the ball up a little bit better linking up with with our forward play players a little bit better as well so it'll be interesting to see what and, kind of and also just back to doing what Danny Hilton does best like that that little like little bit where he did he, he got fouled he didn't get fouled there wasn't a foul but he went down he then held his ankle. He, he got up. He chucked the ball away. Then, then went 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 back down again. And then after all was said and done, he walked off smiling. Like that that is Danny Hilton. Um, so yeah, fantastic. And sticking on the theme of Danny Hilton for our second poll, we asked: Is Danny Hilton a championship player? How do you think this poll panned out, Jamie? Well, I think due to recency bias, the answer would would be would would, would be the positive. Well, so I'm not sure what, what it was definitely or absolutely. Um, so I think I think the answers are going to be in, in Danny Hilton's favour. But what I would say, it's a hard question to judge because you can't really judge someone on, like I said about Jerome earlier, those sort of, those little half-hour cameos. You can't really judge someone on and their ability at the level based on that. If you gave him five, six, seven games in a row, then maybe. So... For me, purely because of what I've seen, I don't think he is. But at the same time, you can't you can't rule that out because he's not really been given a, a, enough of a chance. What I would say though is that I couldn't imagine him going to another championship cl- club and you know fitting in at the way he does at Luton. I think he sort of no. typifies the hard working nature, and you know I think of course his his past will have got him. Uh, not a place in the history books, but sort of in a similar kind of mould in in terms of. He'll forever be cherished as a as a Luton Town player. Um, looking at the results of the poll, I was quite surprised because, as you say, recency bias I thought was going to kick in. But fifty four percent went without a doubt he's a Championship player, with forty six percent at no. So it was a lot, yeah, a lot closer enough. than I would have expected with it being so recent after the game. Um, and then our third and final poll was about. It's about casting our eyes a little bit into the future. And it was, would you rather get in the playoffs or beat Chelsea? Jamie, what do you think the, the, the figure of get, getting in the playoffs was? I'm going to say what I think the answer is. Although this isn't my answer, but I think they would have gone with playoffs. You're right. 84%. 84% yeah. went with getting in the playoffs with 16% that beat Chelsea. I mean, I'd love both. But pushed for an answer, I think getting in, getting in the playoffs, yeah, because yeah, it, it's a bigger reflection of the season. I think, you know, as Plymouth could have been Chelsea, you know what I mean? That they, they yeah. it's ninety minutes at the end of the day, and you know, I think getting into the playoffs is, is forty six games of Championship football, which I think is a, a bigger reflection on how far we've come as a football club. But I guess what I would say is I think that there's a wider story at play here where okay we might not get in the playoffs this season and you know what we're regardless of being two points away we're still outsiders to get into the playoffs but even if we don't get in the playoffs I know we'll be there again next season we'll be up there again and, and I, I, I have full faith that we will be up there until we get promoted I, I, I can't see us dropping below where we are now in, in terms of where Luton will be in the league whereas for me I'm more thinking Imagine next midweek at home to Chelsea under the lights, like live on BBC One to beat them. I think, just think in terms of our memories of Kenworth Road, 
I, as a romantic, I, I want as many memories like that as possible at the Kenny. And I think beating Chelsea to get through to the FA Cup sixth round potentially to be what to, to then be one game away from a semi final is just like to, to beat Chelsea to get through to a quarter final of the cup. It, I think for me would would just edge it. And you think if we do go on to beat Derby on Saturday, the confidence we'll bring into that game, especially with Chelsea at the moment. I mean, been dealt some some injury blows. There's all this talk about Romelu Lukaku and everything. It's it's not the happiest of camps at the moment. And the the confidence we'll bring into that game, combined with the the nature of Kenilworth Road, it's going to be absolutely electric. It's it's really going to be a, as much as. Chelsea fans will, will not be thinking it's going to be too too much of an ask to, to go to Luton and get a result. I think they could definitely be proved wrong. I don't know, you know, I think a lot of the real world's Chelsea fans are, are going to come to Luton with actually, you know what, this could be an upset. I think there's going to be the, the people on Twitter who apparently support Chelsea that think, oh no, it's only Luton, we're, good. we're, going, to walk, we're going to walk over them. But if, if you're a a real Chelsea fan, you're, you're going to be a bit nervous come to Luton, I think. Like I said, on under the lights, especially if you're a Chelsea fan from the 80s and the 90s who would have played Luton back in the day. They, they all know what, what Luton are about. Unfortunately, we're not old enough to be able to remember those that, those clashes, but you're, you're sort of, you're, you're, your older Chelsea fans are going to know what, what Luton's like. And I think that they are going to, not come thinking they're going to lose, but they're going to think, you know what, we're, we're in for a right battle tonight. 100%. And one game before that, as I mentioned before, it's Derby County, so we'll have a little look into that. And I guess after another three points, we're, we're eyeing up this as a very, very winnable game again. Of course, we're not going to we're not going to disregard what Derby are all about because they've dealt well with some serious setbacks this season off the field and, you know, they play an attractive brand of football. Wayne Rooney's doing a very good job. So there's no there's no chance of us underestimating what they can do. That um, They've come within close proximity of, of escaping the, the relegation zone in recent weeks. But again, that's been extended with Reading hitting somewhat of good form. Um, but again... They're in this position now where they they need to be picking up results, and whilst it's going to be a tough enough test for them, they they'll be coming for three points because that's the nature of being being in the relegation zone at this point in the season. Yeah, they have to. If if you're third from bottom and you're seven or so points off safety with with fifteen to go, you, you can't be going for points anymore. You've got to be going for three. So we know they're going to they're going to come to the Kenny with a, a lot of belief because i think that's what Rooney's instilled in in that in that side is belief that they can beat anyone they're going to come here full of three points okay they might try and slow it down a little bit because naturally you're an away side coming to a side who's fighting for the playoffs so you naturally you're going to play the game a little bit um and it's going to be a tough game i mean obviously if you look at the league table i think if you add 21 points they're going to be about 15th or 14th so they're that in terms of ability, they're a what you call a bog standard mid mid table team, which is dangerous because it shows that actually no, they're not one of the worst sides in the league, but also they've got they've got something to play for. So they've got that that bad mix of you know what if Derby were fifteenth and fifteen clear of, of the drop with with fifteen to go, you sort of think oh season's done and they can just sort of breeze through the season, but they can't do that. So 
they're good enough to be a mid-table side, but also they've got to fight fight for every built ball and and every point. Um, so it's a it's a bad mix, and yeah, I mean we we've got to be on our game on Saturday. And looking at Derby as well, um, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but I know they've had a, a fairly good defensive record all season, which could bode well for them, especially coming away and and you know. As you say, they might look to slow things down and, and try and pick us off at the end with their counter-attack and football. But they do play this good brand of, of football. Um, obviously, a couple of departures in January. Uh, Graham Shinney stood out. How he dropped down to League One, I will never know. But at the same time, they do have exciting young players coming through. They've got the experience, Curtis Davies, Tom Lawrence. I think he might be missing a game. Um, I think he's, he's suspended for so, um, yeah, again, another player that, that does seem to have um, somewhat of an influence when we do play them. But they do have that sort of good balance of youthful players coming through. They've got a good academy, of course, and that experience to try and guide them out of their situation. So, as I say before, the, the, there's no chance of us underestimating them. And uh, I, I guess without Tom Lawrence, it, it, we, we might be looking at a, a low-scoring affair. Yeah, it'd be a tight game. And I think, like you said, that, that they are blessed that, OK, they're in the situation, but they're blessed that they've, they've got a really good academy. That, and not, not just academy players with regards to like Plange and Eberselli that are sort of in their breakthrough seasons. But they've also got players like your Max Birds and your Louis Sibley's that actually have probably now wrapped up 50-plus championship games. So they, they've also got that added bit of experience as well. Um, so, yeah, they've got some great young players. Um, got... Curtis Davies back at the Kenny, which would be good, um, and yeah, all round that they've got some good players. Yeah, as you say, Curtis Davies back at the Kenny. Um, I don't know if he has been back in in recent years. I'm trying to think when the game in twenty nineteen. I, I think he came back uh, last season, but obviously it was um, no fans. Yeah, yeah. So twenty nineteen twenty season would have been the last time with fans. But did we play them? quite early I don't think we did did we I can't remember no no um, but yeah again Derby a, you know, a good enough side as you say they're, they're in that sort of false position because of the, the points deduction I'm sure they'll they'll be right up for it and I guess because we've had these two games now against West Brom and, and Stoke away two big big games there's it, it comes down to this underestimating factor and and but we do have the options. We do, as we've shown again tonight, we can change things up and, and still get the results, which will be a massive, massive positive for Nathan Jones. Yeah, and it's that elusive nine-point week again, isn't it? I'm, I'm not sure we've had one yet in the Championship because um, the last time, obviously, we went to, we went to, we went to Bremel Lane and, and lost. Um, so if we can finally get that nine-point week, then we're on, we're on some form. It's it's pretty crazy because you you see all these um, football stats accounts that mention sort of points picked up since X date and we're always there or thereabouts at the minute. Um, we're we're quite clearly in on on form this year. We're quite clearly a top six side, um, which is yeah, it's it's nice. And again, we're doing this without Sonny Bradley, without Jordan Clark, without Luke Berry. I think the the latter two are players that are seemingly getting near to, to full fitness again yeah. um, we don't know when they'll be back but I think Bradley is, is one that will be a, a fair amount of time until he's back but three important players three players that have played 
you know, important roles in this season and last season. So to, to again, be able to rotate the team like we have and still get the points with those three players missing, again, is just a, another indication to the kind of competitive squad we have this year. Yeah, and tonight missing two huge players in Lansbury and Paddy. I mean, Paddy's played almost every game and that they are massive players to to go away to Stoke and have a centre mid pairing of Alan Campbell and, and Gabe Osho and then have Danny Hilton in the number 10 is um, yeah it, it it shows that you know what when when you're on a roll when, when you're in a bit of momentum it doesn't really matter because you, you, you're in that that confident state and it, it shows how, how important form can be because you, you just keep going. It, it was like that League One season where there were some games that we weren't at our best, but we just we just found a way to win, and we've got that that know how now in this league. We, we know how to we know how to win a game with the championship. I'll come to you now, now for your score prediction, Jamie. Um, as you say, it can be this nine point week that we we all desire, but do you think that we can do it? I think we will. I'm going to go one nil each half, two nil. I w- I'm, don't want to be boring, but I want to take you two nil as well. I think that that seems a, an appropriate scoreline. Again, it will be a tight game, but I think that you know that the firepower we do have and the options that we do have on the bench as well, it, it, it makes an exciting prospect at the moment. And I guess we'll wait and see to to see if we can make it that that nine point game week we've been wanting ever since the start of the season. Okay, that is all we have time for today. A big thank you to you, Jamie, for joining me. And the Derby game is actually the occasion where our February giveaway tickets will be used. Rory will be travelling all the way from the Middle East to redeem those tickets. So we wish Rory a great time when he comes back. Obviously, a Luton fan living out there at the moment. So we wish him all the best on his travels and hopefully there can be three points as well. We'll be back next week as we we go through that game and we'll also be bringing you a special Chelsea podcast as we get ourselves excited for that big game. Also, make sure to check out our social media. We are at Oak Road Hatter on Twitter and we are Oak Road Hatter Pod on Instagram. But until next week, we will see you later. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.